Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Today, I'm beginning a what I think will be a three-part series uh, called Forgiven and Free. Originally, I was going to do a standalone message, and, um, and it was going to have three points. And then as I started getting this together, typing this up and putting it all together, my points kept getting longer and longer, and I didn't want to rush this first point, and I actually ended up becoming an entire message. So um, we're going to go after that today. Harmony said something during the ministry time that I think my message will, will help to drive home, and that is this. You know, the song is, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. We're talking about God. Some of you choke on that. Some of you have a, a problem with that. But then she flipped it and said, God actually is speaking that to us. You're never going to let me down. And some of you are like, that is so far off of your grid. That is so off of your wavelength. You're like, how could that possibly be the case? I let God down all the time. Well, listen, what I'm going to preach about here in just a minute will help drive <clears throat> that point home. That according to the blood of Jesus, you never let him down. That's how he sees you. Okay, we're going to go after that today. Um, one thing I have taken note of uh, through this pandemic is that it's called COVID-19. Why the 19? Well, um, they, they say they named it COVID-19 because it started in 2019, probably November of 2019 in Wuhan, China. So somewhat, something halfway around the world last year um, is affecting us today. Uh, in November of 2019, many of us, we're looking at the end of the year. We're, we're thinking Christmas parties. We're thinking new year, new decade. Let's kiss 2019 goodbye. Let's move forward, right? Uh, but yeah, here we are in April of 2020, and our lives, your life, my life, have been completely disrupted by something from 2019. Let me say it this way. Our present is being affected by our past, all right? Um, and actually, I think this will be a point of confusion for future generations, because someone will ask, hey, what, what year were we in quarantine? And someone will think, well, it's called COVID-19 because of 2019. We're in quarantine 2019. Well, not so. We're actually in 2020, but we're being affected by something from 2019. Here's my point. Something from our past is affecting our present. Had we dealt with this you know, virus quicker, or had they dealt with it over in China quicker, possibly it would have been uh, very much contained and it wouldn't be affecting us at all. But listen, isn't this exactly what it's like many times for you and for me if we don't deal with our past? If we don't deal with our past, <clears throat> many times our past will come back to haunt us in our presence. How many of you ever thought, man, I'm doing good. My relationship with God is good. My relationship with my spouse is good. My friendships are good. And then all of a sudden, something from your past creeps up and it disrupts something in your presence. You're like, I thought I forgave that person. I thought that person forgave me. I thought I forgave myself. I thought I was free from that temptation. Um, if you're like us, this happens on occasion, you know, you get something in the mail and you're like, I thought we paid that bill. And the new bill is in red, bold. You need to pay this bill or we're going to send you to collections. Oh, I thought we paid that. I thought we took care of the past, right? Well, 
If we don't deal with our past, it's going to affect our present. And I want to talk to you about, about how to get free from your past so that we can live fully in our present. Specifically, I want to talk about how it pertains to your relationship with the Lord. Listen, God wants more than anything to have an unbroken, unbroken fellowship with you. He wants to have an unbroken relationship with you. But how many know many times our past can come back to haunt our present? God knew this, and he knew your past would be a problem. He knew it would be a problem, and he didn't want this from hindering your relationship with him today. He knew it would be compromised if he didn't deal with your past, okay? Now, I mentioned that this was, this was going to be a three-part message, and now it's going to be a three-part series. Here's why. In order for you and I to enjoy unbroken fellowship, unbroken relationship with God and enjoy the resurrected life that we celebrated last weekend. Um, there are three perspectives that need to be changed. And the first perspective is God's perspective, his perspective of your past. We'll talk about the other uh, two perspectives in the next couple of weeks. Um, so the title of my message today is simply called God's perspective. I want to talk to you about how he views your past, how he dealt with your past in order for us to thrive in order for you to thrive and to walk in everything God has for you today and in this season, we have to be totally convinced and we have to totally understand what God's perspective is of our past, okay? Um, for some of you, um, this, this message will seem, uh, I think everyone will get something out of it. For some of you, it will seem elementary and it will be review, but I think everyone will get something out of it because it's a good reminder. But we're going to continue to build on what I'm about to say today. And I think it'll bless everyone. <clears throat> okay. The two other perspectives we'll talk about next week, but they all hinge on this perspective, God's perspective. Why? Because if we're not forgiven from his perspective, does it really matter what, what I think or what anyone else thinks? No. It matters. His perspective, can, all of the other perspectives can hinge on his because what he says goes, right? What he says is true. He is truth. There's no deception in him. Okay, you know what's at stake. You know what it's like when guilt and shame creep their way into your life. You know what happens. You know that it compromises your relationship with God and, your, and the fellowship that God wants to have with you suffers, okay? And God doesn't want that. He wants to have fellowship with you. Okay, here's the deal. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he came in and he washed your past away. He, you are completely, listen, completely and totally forgiven, no strings attached whatsoever. I want to give you a few scriptures to drive this point home. And listen, he didn't just forgive you completely and totally of your past um, so that we could know that and then kind of keep walking with a guilty conscience all of our lives. No, he wants us set free of that guilty conscience, that shame conscience. Okay, Psalm 103, verses 11 through 13, it says this. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I want you to try something next time you're going on a drive and you're in the middle of a wide open space. I want you to try something. If, you know, if, you, if you're maybe struggling with this idea, is, 
as, of, of your sin being removed so far as the east is from the west. I want you to go to a wide open space, get out of your car, wherever you are, and look as far as you can to the east and as far as you can to the west. In fact, I have a picture to help illustrate this. Go ahead and, go ahead and throw that up on the screens. Go to a place like this. Sometime when you're, when you're uh, uh, traveling, look as far as you can to the east, look as far as you can to the west, and say, as my sins are so far over that horizon, and I'm over this horizon, they're not even close. They're not even the same vicinity, okay? To drive this point home in your life. But listen, the illustration from Psalms 103 here, actually, I think it even goes beyond that. Uh, now, how far is the east from the west? I mean, that's kind of a rhetorical question. How far is the east from the west? I'm glad God didn't say, as far as the north is from the south, so far your sins will be removed from you. And here's why. Even though north and south are directions, there is a north pole and there is a south pole. And actually, there is a finite distance between the two, the north pole and the south pole. Um, 12,440.01 miles to be exact. Okay? Now, I, people are like, you're a nerd, Kurt. Uh, I don't know about you, but 12,440.01 miles is still too close for me. Okay? But listen, there's no such thing as a east pole and a west pole. Okay? So that makes the distance infinite. When you say as far as the east from the west, the distance is infinite. Because there's not an east pole, there's not a west pole. Listen, the distance to which he has removed your sins from you is infinite. They're not even in the same vicinity. It's not even over the horizon. It's the distance is infinite. That's how far the east is from the west. Okay? That's good news right there for starters. So look, listen, view your sin. It's not even in the vicinity. It's not with you. He's removed it from us. It's not on you, okay? Let me give you another verse. I woke up Easter morning and I saw the snow. We had a, a beautiful Easter snow, which I didn't mind because uh, sometimes the snow interferes with church attendance and that's why I don't like it to snow on Sunday. But Easter was like, well, they're all at home anyway, so no problem. And I was at home. Actually, we pre-recorded that whole service. This one's live. And I was at home as well. So, um, But I saw the snow and I thought of this verse. Isaiah 1, verses 18. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Isaiah 1, 18. It says this. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Let's settle this. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Okay. First of all, I love how he opens. He says, Come now, let's settle this. In other words, let, another translation says, come now, let's reason together. Let's, can we sit down? Can we talk about it? All right? There's this idea of God sees that there's something between us. He sees that something is hindering my relationship with him. Okay? He doesn't like it when you walk around with guilt and shame on your life. He sees that there's something between us. He says, hey, can we talk about this? I can see that there's a problem here. You know, if you have a relationship, uh, you know, my wife's walking around the house, and I can tell that she's, you know, being short and, and uh, whatever, not talking to me. I, eventually, I'm going to pick up on that, and I'm going to be like, hey, is something wrong with you? As a matter of fact, last night, we got home, and my, I was being really quiet, and my wife's like, are you okay? Are you, is there something wrong with you? Are you depressed, you know? And I was like, I, I don't know. I think I'm, and then I realized she left. She went for a walk, and I was on the couch, and I fell asleep. And then I woke up. I was like, oh, I was just super tired. I didn't even realize I was tired, <laughs> you know? 
But she could sense there's something between us. She could sense, like, you're not, well, not between us, but I was just, there was something wrong with me. I didn't even know what it was, which is, most guys don't know what's wrong with them. So, <laughs> anyway, can we settle this? Can we talk about it? Can we sit down? God wants to, whatever it is that's going on in your life, God wants to settle it, remove it, so that you can enjoy fellowship with him, because that's what he wants from you. Okay, Let's settle this. Let's talk about this. But listen, the imagery here is so powerful. I love the contrast between this. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. I have another picture for you. Go ahead and put up that picture. This is, of course, blood and snow. It's such a sharp, such a sharp contrast. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a bloody nose in the snow. I used to snowboard and I've, I've hit my, you know, nose a couple times and the blood in the snow. It's just such a sharp contrast. Or if you're in the shower and, you know, ladies, you cut your leg in the shower or uh, cut yourself shaving or guys, if you get a bloody nose in the shower, it's like, wow, that, that red on, on the white there is such a sharp contrast. I love that. He's saying this, look, though it looks like guilt, 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 I will make you pure, pure, pure. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as if it never happened, justified, just as I had never sinned. I will make them as white as snow, okay? He will completely, he has completely and totally removed your past from us, okay? Let me give you one more verse. Hebrews eight twelve. it says this. Speaking of the new covenant that we participate in, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins, Okay? It's kind of an interesting, we know God knows everything. We know that he, could, he has the capacity to remember more about our mistakes than we could even remember about our mistakes, okay? Because he's all-knowing, omniscient. Does he know everything? Yes, but in his sovereignty, he has chosen not to remember certain things. He has chosen to just let some things go. He's chosen to forgive some things. And not only just let them go, he, he chose to send Jesus to this earth to spill his blood to cover our sin. Amen? Okay, why would he do that? Because he doesn't want your relationship with him to be hindered, okay? My wife and I, we have this rule in, this, in our house, and um, I think it's a good rule. When, once we have asked for forgiveness for something, or once someone has asked forgiveness of us for something, we forfeit the right to hold it over them anymore. If you're saying, I for, okay, I forgive you, if you're going to look at someone in the eye and say, I forgive you, you should not have the right to continue to hold that guilt and shame over them, okay? We don't bring it up anymore. In fact, sometimes, you know, my kids will do something wrong and we'll talk about it. We forgive them, you know, and then we move on and then they'll bring it up later. I'm like, no, we're not going to bring that up. That's done. We, we're moving on. We're moving past that. We're not doing the guilt and shame thing. So we don't, we try not to. I, don't, I wouldn't say we're perfect. We try not to bring something up once we have forgiven for it, because that's forgiveness, okay? Um, recently, um, I, had, I had someone, um, semi-recently, had someone who uh, had offended me. They did something that offended me, and I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I confronted them, and we, we talked about it. I heard their side. They heard my side, and then this person, um, after hearing my side, they apologized to me. They said they're sorry. And then I said, point blank, I said, okay, I forgive you. I'm looking you right in the face. I forgive you, all right? A few days later, 
This happens to us sometimes, right? A few days later, I think I was out on a run and I started thinking about this situation again and it was bothering me again. And I was like, oh, man, I could have said this and I should have said this. And maybe, you know, maybe I could have told them this or that. And I felt the Lord just prompt my heart. And the Lord said, you plainly told that person to their face, you forgive them. You need to let it go. You need to move on, okay? Why would God do that? Because that's the way he is. When he forgives you something, he moves on. He's done. He's, he's down the road, okay? When he forgives you, he doesn't bring it back up. He doesn't throw it in your face later. Listen, God is not a nag. God's not a nag. He's not catty. He's not like the Greek gods that are aloof and far off. He, he's genuine. When he forgives you, he can look at you and totally forgive you through and through. I don't know about you, but um, I have a personal observation in my life. And maybe some of you can identify with this. There are many times, of course, as a Christian that I've messed up or I've stumbled along the way and then I'll repent. I'll, you know, okay, God, forgive me, help me, you know, help me, help me to stay, you know, straight here. And the next time I'm having a quiet time, uh, sometimes I'll just go right into prayer and I feel God's presence on it. There's an anointing and there's a weightiness on what I'm praying for and I'm enjoying fellowship with God. And then I remember this mistake that I had made, you know, days or weeks before or years before, whatever. And then my logical mind is like, oh, well, God and I have to hash that out. We have to talk through that. Now, listen, God is a father. If you want to talk to him about stuff, he'll, he'll listen. But there are times where I'm, I'm praying and I'm enjoying fellowship with God and I'm, and I'm interceding for something. And then I remember a mistake from whatever years ago. And I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this. And then I'll change subjects and start talking about that. And there are times I literally feel the anointing on my prayer just evaporate out of the room. It's like, um, why? Because God, God's not on that subject anymore. He has completely moved on. And he's not wanting to go back and revisit that. You can, you can find this illustrated very clearly if you read the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal come, came home and he was like, Father, I've sinned. And he wanted to do this whole bit with the father. And the father was like, Get the robe, get the ring. He didn't want any part of that. He was already like, no, let's get, let's move past this. Let's get going. Listen, let me tell you something, people. I think this will help some of you. God is not interested in your false humility, guilt prayers. He is not interested in your false humility, guilt prayers. He's not dwelling on your past and neither should you. If you spend most of your time with God talking about what a, piece of junk you are, I'm telling you, you are missing out on something amazing. You are missing out on the resurrected life. Okay. He's not, I don't know. Sometimes we sing songs and we pray these stupid prayers that are such a waste of time. They're such, it's like, God, let's pray for dinner. God, you know, we're all wretched sinners, but you love us anyway, because you had to, you know, listen, such a waste of time. Listen, he has removed your sins from you. It's under the blood. He doesn't want to, it's not even a subject he wants to talk about. He doesn't, who's this for? Who are you doing this for? You know, and, and um, theologically, there's um, songs sometimes, and I, I don't have a big beef with a lot of songs, but some of them are like, God, you know, I'm a wretch, but you love me anyway because you had to, you know, some guilt song. It's like, he doesn't need that. He's not looking for that. He's looking for you to be a son or daughter, right? Can you imagine, could you imagine your, your spouse had offended you or your, your children had messed up that they always need to come to you and then start off with hashing out the old problem? Okay, 
you're missing out, okay? So he doesn't want your false humility and guilt prayers. He wants fellowship with you. If it's under the blood and you've moved on, then what's the point? Now, side note, if you're stuck in something, you can't get out of something, um, you might need some help with that. And we, we do encourage people to get inner healing ministry. And sometimes God, and through, through ministry, sometimes God will bring up something from the past, but it's never to shame. It's never to guilt. It's never to bring condemnation. It's to bring freedom. It's often just to show you, oh, here's the root of why I behave this way. Here's the root of why I ruin all my relationships, right? Here's the root of why I, I keep going back to this. It, you know, it's often shame. And shame and guilt actually are the traps that keep you where you're at in the first place. So... The only time God would bring something up from your past that's negative is to show, expose a root to you so that you can move on into freedom, okay? Because he's not catty. He's not like that. Okay, I'll conclude with this. We're going to read 1 Corinthians, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll give you a quick context here. Paul is addressing, um, he's, a be- he's addressing some people who are boasting and comparing to each other. So one of them says, I'm, I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of Apollos. I'm a disciple of Peter. It would, it would be kind of like you saying, oh, I go to see Lights Church, you know, and someone else, oh, I go to Mosaic. I go to Christ Community. Or this is my pastor. This is my pastor. I'm kind of bragging about that, which is just kind of a silly argument. Anyway, that's kind of the setup here. So 1 Corinthians 3, verses 21 through 23, it says this. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. Okay, I don't have time to fully unpack everything there, but I'll say this. He has given us everything. He's given us everything. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He says, all these leaders, they, they belong to all of you, Okay. The world belongs to all of you. Jesus said the meek shall inherit the earth. The world belongs to you. Life is yours. The present is yours. The future is yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. Okay. All things are yours. I want to just note that there is an intentional omission here. God left something out of the list on purpose. And that's this. He didn't mention your past. He didn't say, your past, the past belongs to you. The past does not belong to you, okay? Why? Because your past belongs to him. You gave it away. You no longer have access to it. You no longer have a right to it because you gave it to him. He purchased it on the cross. I'll give you an illustration. As many of you know, my wife and I were in a bad car accident last year, got rear-ended um, on Highway 34, and our youth pastor was with us. And um, I have a couple pictures. I'll show you a couple pictures um, of our wrecked car. So this is, um, yeah, from the front. And we ended up upside down, by the way. Not a, not a good deal. Go ahead and go to the next one. Um, you can't really see everything here, but we were upside down. Cars totally smashed in. My wife broke her neck. Uh, we all got messed up pretty good. And the car, obviously, is totaled times three, okay? Now, after that terrible incident, after that accident, that's still my car. I was able to go get things out of the car. I went to the junkyard and took those pictures. It's an eerie feeling, seeing a car that you were in. You know, that's a really strange feeling. Um, well, I was able to get some jumper cables out of it, some tools out of it. I got some bills out of it. Most everything had battery acid and gas and stuff on it, so I didn't get most everything. And I had glass, of course. 
Um, but I got a few things out of the car because it's still my car. But then there came a day when I signed the car over to the insurance company. They gave me a nice check, which is great, which we used to buy a new car. But I signed the car over to the insurance company. They gave me a check. Now I no longer have a right to the car. That's no longer my car. I signed it over. I can't go get stuff out of it because it all, everything in the car and everything in it belongs to the insurance company now. Okay? If I tried to go back and get stuff out of the car now, it would be trespassing and it would be stealing. Okay? Here's my point. When you gave your life to Jesus and you signed your past over to him, you gave him your life, you gave him your past, you no longer have access to your past. You're not legally supposed to go back and dig that junk up anyway. And some of you are living there, living in the past, living, digging up the old things I should have, I shouldn't have, they did, I did. You're living there, but you're supposed to give up your past and move on. Listen, the past you can look back for a testimony. If, if there's a testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness in your life, trumpet that. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you can look to your past for a testimony, but don't look to your past for junk. Don't look to your past for guilt. Don't look to your past for condemnation. Okay? The Bible says that he will give us beauty for ashes, strength for tears, gladness for mourning. Okay? So from God's vantage point, you are completely and totally forgiven. You're never going to let him down. That's why we know that song. What she just said, I just gave a theological reason why that is true. For some of you who are choking on that word, some of you have received it by the Spirit of God, but some of you need a theological talk to here. And listen, <laughs> you're never going to let him down because your sins are under the blood of Jesus. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. He sees you through the finished work of the cross. Okay, now what's in front of us? Well, what's in front of Jesus? The resurrected life. We can live the life that he can, he can live through us, the resurrected life. That's what he wants for us, okay? Your past will get in the way of your fellowship with God. It will get in the way of your communion with him. It will get in the way of what he wants to do in your present today. Many of us need to stop wasting our time dwelling on things of the past and bringing it up every time we pray as if he needs this, you know? Okay, God, let me bring up my junk so that we can, so you know I'm a humble servant of yours, right? <laughs> we could stop doing that, okay? Now, if you're stuck in something, maybe get some help, get some accountability, get some, you know, whatever. But I promise you, if God brings anything up from your past, it's only to bring freedom. It's not to bring guilt or condemnation. Amen? Okay, that was my point number one that I was going to preach in a sermon today. And I didn't want to go through that one quickly. I wanted to spend some time on that. And so I just beefed it up and did a whole message on it. So next week, we're going to build on this, and we're going to talk about a second perspective that has to change. God's perspective has changed. There's a second one that has to change, and we'll talk about that. Because God doesn't want you just surviving in this world. He wants you thriving. Amen? I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll have um, someone come close here. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, that you desired to walk with us. You desired to be with us. You desired to have fellowship with us. And Lord, we thank you for what you did last weekend, God, Easter, right? Rising from the dead. But God, we thank you that the resurrected life is for us to live now, Lord. And so God, we give you our past, God. We thank you that it doesn't need to come back up, Lord. You don't do guilt. You don't do shame, God. You are an empowering God who loves us. You're a, you're a papa who wants to get in our face and kiss us, Lord. And so that's the God we serve. If you didn't know that, that's the God you serve. He loves you so much. 
He's amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.